The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Big Six Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host, and uh, I've ushered my family out the door. We're ready to record the Picks Podcast, the final Picks Podcast of the regular season, the Tan and White Show. Pete Prisco joining us live from a professional-looking podcast studio that I'm sure will be jam full of podcast hosts for this years to come. Football. This is a fantasy football studio. Oh, okay. I don't watch HQ. I'm just the kidding. You watch CBS Sports HQ. You, the podcast studio that you'll be living in is right around the corner. <laughs> uh, also here, RJ White and Kenny White. What's up, fellas? How you doing? Hey, good afternoon. RJ, you Happy don't sound so enthused today. What's the matter? I don't I'm or fine. do? No, RJ doesn't. Huh. I'm fine. What do you want me to do? You want me to dance at Jake because I'm number one on this podcast now? Is that what you want me to do? You're not number <laughs> one. <laughs> You're not number one. You're still behind me percentage points. Uh-uh. There you are. RJ's on a heater. RJ's on a heater. He knows it. Wasn't RJ in dead last, like week two or week three? Yeah. He's stumbling out of the gates. He's a closer. I went two, three, and one last week. What did you go? Me? Uh, Five and two, I think. I don't think you're ahead of me then. I mean, I'm looking at the email. Yeah, here, I'll tell you what. Here's, I'll give out the, the week 16 parlay was a loser. It hadn't hit since we started doing that stupid parlay contest. Uh, by the way, download, subscribe, rate, and review. Of course, RJ, five and two last week. Pete, two, three, and one. Kenny, four and four. And me, two and four. I continue to just trundle into the gutter. RJ has now passed. Pete it is official. He's up to 58.9% on the season. Pete at 58.5. RJ, 63, 44, and three. I mean, absolutely on a, a complete tear right now. And the, when RJ gets going, he, he's so processed and he's so methodical in his process that you, it's not like he's like randomly picking games like some of us jabronis. So I highly recommend you go to sportsline.com slash join, use promo code white. You will get your first month for a dollar. You will get all of RJ's week 17 picks plus all his picks through the course of the playoffs. By the way, and, let me interrupt you. Sure. He got the Ravens under. He had no business getting. Okay. And. Cause they were on the goal line and fumbled and I didn't get the over in the Detroit Tampa game because of two missed. That's, that one's tough. And that a missed field goal late in the game. So that's how close we are. So let me ask you, does this record include that getting the Jets pick that all the Browns receivers get ruled out for COVID? Cause I remember we took a game out because of COVID reasons earlier for Pete. And uh, I'm pretty sure we kept this win in for the Jets. So I don't want to hear anything about getting lucky. Yeah. You got lucky. Yeah, like, you, you got a, you got lucky with points. three extra points in the Browns game. There's another week. I would, they would have won that game anyways. There's, there's a points. There's, there's another week to go. I, you know what I was going to do? If I was leading, I was not, I didn't even know if I was leading or not. I was not going to pick any games to see if you could catch me. But now, now RJ, you gotta, be, you gotta be Ted Williams. You gotta step in the, you gotta swing the bat. Right? Oh, I'll swing the bat. Oh my gosh. Speaking like of Ted Williams. That hit Kenny in the lip today. <laughs> speaking of Ted Williams, we listened to the Inglorious Bastards Rewatchables podcast. Driving around for Christmas, 
And you know that scene where the, uh, where the, the bastard come out, it's, uh, Donnie Dombrakowicz or whatever. And he's like, Teddy effing ball game. And they actually, and my son heard it in the car. And for 12 hours, he did nothing but yell, Teddy effing ball game, except he was saying the <laughs> F word. And it's like, we're like, no, no, this is very teaching bad. Teaching him the right, teaching him the right way. That's right. Uh, yeah. all right, let's get to the games because Pete's got to get out of here kind of early because I ran late. Steelers and Browns, Browns minus 10 over under. 42. The Browns need to win, and they're in. This line is actually off the board right now because of Browns' COVID issues, Pete, but we will take it at the Browns minus 10. What do you think? I'm taking Mason Rudolph in the 10. Oh, uh, you, can't, you can't beat Mason Rudolph. Are you kidding me? This is a revenge game. <laughs> That's what this is. It's the Mason Rudolph revenge game. Look, he stinks. He's not good, but 10 points. The Browns shouldn't be laying 10 points to the Steelers, and, and I know some guys are going to get held out of this, but this line ballooned way too much. I'm taking the Steelers. If Browns can lose to the uh, Jets, they can lose to Pittsburgh second string. I don't know if they're going to lose this game, but that back door is going to be wide open. Cleveland's won once by double digits since week four, and that was against Colt McCoy a few weeks ago. Um, I think Mason Rudolph can, can keep it close. So I would lean that way too, but it's not a best bet for me. All in agreement. It, it is a best bet for me. I just can't see how this game could be 10. It's been overinflated because of the fact that Cleveland must win and Ben Roethlisberger's not playing, but Ben hasn't been that great as of late as well. So I don't think it's that big of a drop off. I've got a three and a half point drop off to Mason Rudolph readjusted the game. I thought Pittsburgh should have been favored if everybody was playing. So I don't know how it could be adjusted 12 points. I may, I make the game four. I think that's about as high as you can make Cleveland. This is just way over adjusted for the, for the playoffs. All right, so let me ask you this. Uh, when the Big Ben news came out that he was definitely going to sit, or before it came out, uh, I took the Browns minus seven with the idea that I was going to come back and hedge it at, at, uh, at Pittsburgh plus 10 and give myself a window to hit both of them. And then the line has been taken off the board. It is up on William Hill at, uh, at, at Cleveland minus 10. Am I, would you ride out the minus seven or do you think I'm just bang? Should I grab whatever comes back? Uh, what do you think? Take the 10. If I, all right, so if it comes back up as 10, cause it might not come back up at 10 depending on who's ruled out for the Browns. I could be seriously screwed if it comes back like Cleveland minus three. Right. Yeah. You, you could be in, you could be a bad shape. If you can get some plus 10 now, I always say that, you know, the, nobody can get the minus seven ticket you have. Anybody can get plus 10. Right. So, but we, we all feel that the, you know, it's overinflated. So yeah, yeah I would, I would grab more than 50% of your bet back just to stay safe that, uh, that you're right. A bunch of guys don't get ruled out. Well, here's hoping it pops back up on my site sometime in the next uh, few 48 hours or so. And it's not Cleveland my three. I would agree with you. I would take Pittsburgh plus 10. This is a, must win situation for the Browns, but their, their butts are going to be puckered in this spot. I mean, they know what happens if they lose this game and the Colts win and they miss the playoffs after winning 10 games in Cleveland. That is a tough L to take. I don't think Pittsburgh's going to play everybody. Obviously Mike Tomlin's going to give him rest. I don't think he's going to sit everybody for the whole game. I think you'll see some, enough talent out there for Pittsburgh that they give the, uh, the Browns a fight. So let's put that as a, as a, as a best bet in the parlay to kick. Glad, glad you mentioned the pressure. How many years has it been? Uh, no playoffs. Uh, ridiculous number of years. The, pr- the pressure is on. There is a lot of pressure on the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I mean, this is a, like a Steven Jackson situation. Do you make love to pressure? We're about to find out Cleveland. Uh, all right. Next game, Washington minus one and a half beat against the Eagles over under 43 and a half. Look, Washington's a nice story, and they've played really good defense, and I love what that defensive line can do. But I think this is a perfect spot for the Eagles to, uh, you know, get some revenge on a rival uh, and and find a way to win this game. I think the Eagles' offense has come alive with Jalen Hurts. They're playing much better. He can escape, he can escape that pressure and get outside and make plays. 
Uh, so my lean, and it's one of my best bets, is to the Eagles. I just think they're going to win the game outright. I would lean that direction too, Pete. I'm not sure Philly's motivation after getting knocked out in the playoffs a week ago, but I can't lay points with this Washington team. That offense isn't in sync now. I don't trust a hobbled Alex Smith or Taylor Heineke, which looks day in, day in. You know, we're recording this on Wednesday, and it looks like I think he was getting the, the starter reps in practice, so maybe he's in there. Um, but, you know, Philly's a solid teaser team if you want to move them up. I didn't do teasers this week just with all the uncertainty about motivation, so I stayed away. But if I was going to tease, they would probably be in there. Yeah, I, I, I lean to Washington. I, I don't know what motivation Philadelphia has. It's been such, such an up and down year and they're, they're beat up. They've just lost so many players and it's why they were so bad. Um, a little bit more film on Hertz has gotten defenses to play better. Last week, Dallas just completely shut them down in the second half and Washington's defense is far better, far better. And I think that another factor that I love in, in any sport and I've seen it happen. Um, Dwayne Haskins releasing him was like the best thing they ever could have done. It's such a, it's such a wake up call to everyone else on the roster. If you don't do things the right way, you know, they should have released him last week. They probably would have won the game, but I think everybody will step up. Everybody will play. They, they need Alex Smith to play because that's a big, that's a big difference between him and Heineke, but uh, I, I like him. I think their defense is going to keep them in this game. I think they're going to win the football game. I think they're going to win the division. Yeah, I like Washington minus one and a half here, and I would make it one of my best bets because, uh, as I, and I understand, you know, the concerns about Taylor Heineke, and I understand that Washington is a nice story and all that, but Jalen Hurts has fumbling issues, and he has, if you, if you don't protect him, he's going to cough the ball up and turn the ball over. And I think that this Washington defense understands what's at stake. Obviously, and they know that they're the ones who are going to have to put this team over the top. It's not going to be the offense, but they have Antonio Gibson back. He should be able to run if Fletcher Cox is missing. I can't imagine why they would play him if they're out of the playoffs. And you can throw on this team. Terry McLaurin should be back in this game. I like Washington minus one and a half. Clearly, you prefer him getting points, but you know one and a half is is fairly negligible. I, I, I like I agree with Kenny though. I think the under is a pretty good spot as well. Titans minus seven and a half at the Texans over under fifty six and a half. Pete. I'm going to take the Texans here. And I know after what happened with the Bengals last week, you say, why, why, why? Because it's a division game. I think they know each other very well. The Titans are playing consecutive road games. They were terrible last week at Green Bay. They can't rush the passer. Deshaun Watson might throw for 450 yards in this game. Uh, and if you're going to give me you're a not concerned about his hand at all. No. Okay. If you give me more than a touchdown, I'm taking it. So I'm taking uh, the Texans plus the seven and a half. And that Tennessee offense had 607 yards in the last meeting, and I don't see how they get less here because that Houston defense did not show up last week. Over. And they didn't show up, uh, you know, I don't know if they show up here. Um, so yeah, I, I wanted to love the Texans too, but I took them last week thinking that they would play hard and they did not, especially on defense. So I'm staying away from them. I would lean to the over, even at 56 and a half. It just, I think Tennessee gets into the forties here, uh, even with that high total. And you're right. There's no pass rush. So Watson can do his end of the bargain to push this one over as well. Yeah, Tennessee needs the game. They're they're going to play everybody. Um, overs the play for me. Both defenses really weak, and uh, yeah, we just saw Houston give up thirty seven to Cincinnati, who's had to struggle scoring, and now Tennessee off that Monday night game. I think's be a little little ready to go here. They'll be a little upset with themselves the way they played in that game. So no excuses. I think they end the season on a big win over Houston. Yeah, and I think one other angle that you could potentially attack here, I agree, I have the over as a best bet. Uh, we don't do the the more exotic stuff for our best bets, but I think that the Tennessee team total would be a nice spot to attack too, just because and I don't think – I think I agree with Pete. Like, I think the Texans will be able to score, and Deshaun Watson will throw it around, and the, the Titans' defense is abysmal, and they have no pass rush. Uh, we talked about with Frank Stample on the DFS pod. 
Derrick Henry with the bring back of Deshaun Watson and Brandon Cooks is a really nice stack because that's how the game script's probably going to play out. Last year in this exact same spot with Tennessee needing a win to get into the playoffs, Derrick Henry carried the ball 32 times against Houston for 211 yards and three touchdowns. Their run defense stinks. It doesn't really matter that J.J. Watt is giving out motivational speeches. They still stink, and he is still going to get loose. So I uh, I say you take the over in this spot. Do we want to make that a best bet? Yeah, go ahead. I like the over, too. All right, toss it in with the Steelers, plus 10 as the second leg of the podcast parlay. It's coming together rather rapidly. Jets at Patriots. Patriot, Jet, Patriots minus three over under 40, Pete. The Jets are on a roll. Adam Gase <laughs> has turned that team around. It, no, he hasn't turned them around, but they're playing better, and they're playing better because their offensive line is playing much better. I think they're going to be able to move the ball against the Patriots. Uh, I think they win this game outright. I think when you look at what the Patriots are right now as a team, they're dreadful on offense. One touchdown in the last three games. It's pathetic. Cam Newton, even when guys are open, and they're not open a lot, when they're open, he can't hit them. So I'm going to take the Jets here. I think they win this game outright. Yeah, they just caught two teams looking ahead and got two wins off of it. They can't do that a third time in a row because there's nothing to look ahead toward except for the offseason. But that might actually apply here because New England looks ready for the season to be over against Buffalo. It's a short week now. I don't know if they show up here. I would lean to the Jets as well. That Jets D ranks fifth in yards per rush, ninth in DVOA. We know that's what the Patriots want to do is run the ball. And they actually have a better overall in DVOA than uh, than the Patriots defense. So the Jets having a better defense than the Patriots isn't something I thought I'd see this year. But that's what's happened. Buffalo had no problem throwing it on New England with Gilmore out. Darnold's not Allen, but he should be able to score some points. I would lean to the Jets, but I don't love it. You know, one of these who knows who shows up type of motivation game. So I'm just going to stay away. Well, I'm on uh, Jets and under in the game. The New England offense has just been putrid. Uh, 24 points the last three weeks. And the Jets defense actually stepped up last week, played really well. Um, The last couple of weeks they played really well. Um, Stopping Chubb last week was amazing. Didn't think they could do it, but they did. they, they are playing well. They've won two games. That's confidence. I didn't know if they could do it. I didn't think they could beat Cleveland, but they've got a lot of confidence right now. Uh, they've been beaten up by the Patriots forever. And New England, I said last week on Monday night, I thought, you know, I don't know who's going to, sh- if they're going to show up. This team, they hear it from, you know, most players don't like Belichick. They don't because he works everybody so damn hard. And it's one thing they all have in common. They all can't stand the man, uh, cause he works them so damn hard. So, um, you're not going to listen now. There's no playoffs. Why would they listen? They didn't even show up. You know, when the entire league was watching them play, they didn't even show up. I think we're going to see more of Jared Stidham, and that's even a drop from from Cam Newton. So I think the Jets win this game straight up, and it stays under. Wow. Yeah, under seems like a good play, although neither defense is particularly good. That would be that would be my only concern. I don't have a best bet here. I do have a question, though. Uh, Pete, I'll let you answer really quickly. If – would the Patriots trade their entire wide receiver room right now for Alabama's wide receiver room? Oh, in a heartbeat. Right? They would, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Like, you well, lose your whole depth at wide receiver, but you Alabama. Was coming off an ACL surgery. So, but still, yes, they would. I mean, Devon, I mean, like, Jacoby Myers wasn't even the best wide receiver at NC State, and he's supposed to be the best wide receiver in, in, in New England. I mean, that's a problem. Uh, all right. So anyway, Seahawks minus five and a half at the 49ers over under 46, Pete. Yeah, and this is just one of those games where I feel the division rival is going to show up and play hard. Uh, they're not going to win the game, but I think the 49ers showed something last week against Arizona. They played tough. They played hard. They played physical, and I think they're going to hang around in this game. Seattle's defense has really stepped up the last you know, four or five games since the Buffalo debacle, 
And that's, you know, always a challenge when you play the 49ers. But I think this will be a low-scoring game, and I think uh, the 49ers will stay within the number. So I'll take San Francisco plus the points as one of my best bets. Yeah, I didn't love the number, but I would lean to the under. Uh, the defense has stepped up. They've helped seven straight Seattle games go under. I think they'll keep having success against the San Francisco offense that's still dealing with injuries, although George Kittle is back. That's a huge difference for them, but other guys are hurt too. And then San Francisco defense is still sixth in DVOA, eighth in points per drive. Seahawks have gotten conservative on offense in the second half for some reason. Uh, I don't know why they open it up here. So, yeah, I would agree, low-scoring game. Number's probably a little too high, but I don't want to trust the 49ers with nothing to play for. So I will just lean to the under. Yeah, I leaned to the under in the game as well. Uh, made it 44, but it's 46 right now, so it didn't have that big of a difference. But uh, I, I can see it. It's got written all over it the way Seattle's been playing as of late, uh, being more conservative and, uh, you know, keeping the defense fresh. The defense has played better. And San Francisco, like Pete said, you know, they came to play in a division game last week against Arizona. They're going to come to play again this week. They're so well coached, and their defense will keep them in the football game. So, yeah, I think it's it's going to be a closer game, uh, but my numbers just don't – they're just not far enough off to have a play. Uh, I'll take a best bet on the under. I think I think it's a low-scoring game between two division rivals and the Seahawks, as we mentioned, have changed completely how they're approaching it on offense. They were a let-rust-cook team now, uh, or they were a let-rust-cook team to start the year. Now they are let Russ saute or let Russ microwave. I mean, that's, they're not, they are not letting Russ cook. They've moved him out of the kitchen. He's a sous chef at this point behind the run game. And that's how they want it to be. That's what Pete Carroll likes. So I think they continue with that. And I just don't believe you're going to see the Niners open up this offense into something that will score a ton of points given what we have seen from them in the last few weeks. So I think under 46 is a nice play. The Seahawks have been under uh, the total in like four or five games. They're just getting too much respect as a, a team that's going to score a bunch. I am curious to see what DK Metcalf does. He hadn't had a monster game in a while. And his, I think his last, well, not his last monster game, but he had that uh, eight catch, 116 yard, two touchdown romp against the 49ers back in week eight. So uh, curious to see if, if he can go off in this spot, even with Richard Sherman out there. You look like you want to say something else. No, no. I'm waiting for you. All right. Last one for Pete here. Raiders. By the way, who gets the number one seed, Pete? What do you mean? In the NFC. The Packers. You think so? They're not losing to the Bears. Not worried about you're not worried about Mitsubishi Mitch? No. (laughs) Maserati Mitch. Maserati Mitch. Raiders minus two and a half at the Broncos. By the way, before we get into this, I got one thing to say. Sure. Send me my damn 200 bucks, you loser. <laughs> I told you I'll and give it to you. Guy, by the way, RJ and I want to get RJ and Kenny on this. Brinson bet me two bets. He lost both of them and he won't send me the 200. I told Pete he can, I'll either mail him $1 every day until I get to the $200. Of course, minus postage. So it's really more like 130 consecutive days or. Uh, I will pay him in person the next time I see him because I feel like that's the Italian way. It's the respectful way to handle things. You know what the real way is? I'll give you a Venmo. You send it to me. How about that? Do you, do you have Venmo? No, I know what it is. <laughs> are, are we taking bets on whether Brinson can do something that he needs to do by schedule 130 days in a row? Because I don't care what the odds are. I will take the no. On I'd rather pay Pete $500 than be like be required to mail a dollar. You know, we had to go early on this podcast and he went downstairs and he was five, six, seven minutes late. That's unscrewed. Anyway. Um, I'll, I'll get you money. Raiders minus two and a half at the Broncos over under 50 and a half, Pete. A lot of points coming. And I was wrong last week. I thought there'd be a ton of points in the game, uh, the Chargers Broncos game. And it wasn't, it never happened, but this one's going to be different. These guys are playing for nothing. They're going to be loose. They're going to be free. They're going to throw the football around. 
this game is going over the total easily. Yeah, I think the motivation factor, we question motivation. I think that shows up more on defense than offense because it's easier to, to get yards. You know, there's preseason games, people going up and down the field sometimes. Um, so I don't know the motivation for both teams. So I didn't want to make a best bet here. I would definitely take the points with the home team. I don't know why the Raiders would lay two and a half on the road in a game that means nothing, but Drew Locke could be playing for the, his future and he gets to face the Las Vegas defense as 31st in points per drive. So I think Denver holds up their, their end of the bargain as far as scoring points more than the Raiders do. And they should, they could win this game. I just don't know why you're laying points with the Raiders. So my lean would be to Denver, but with the motivation factor, I'm not playing it. Yeah, I, I have no play on the game, but I, I agree. I, w- I would lean to Denver uh, in the football game and obviously, yeah, with nothing to play for whatsoever. Um, love all Raider games over. Uh, their offense uh, gets up and down the field. The defense can't stop anybody, but my numbers just didn't get it. They, I thought they made a good adjustment. Bronco totals that I think are tough to go over, you know, 51 points. I think you make the case that the Raiders are motivated to finish 500 or better. Like, wouldn't that improve? Were they seven to nine last year? Who cares? They don't care about that. But then John Gruden can say they've improved their record every year for three consecutive he years. Might care. Players don't care. I, I'm just saying that I think Gruden might coach that way to score a ton of points. Just saying. I think coaches, the coaches are always coaching to win. You can't, you can't, you can't uh, handle, you know, uh, dictate what the players are going to do. But oh, Andy no. Reid's coaching to win that game in, in the Chiefs, even if he's sitting all the starters. It's not like that. That makes right. a difference. I'm just saying I think Gruden will be motivated by that. I think Derek Carr will be motivated to have another good game and to win a football game because Mark, Marcus Mariota is lingering. Mm, it's big contract. They're stretching. Okay. You think nobody has chips on their shoulders. I disagree. Uh, I, I, I would take the over. I don't think the over is a bad bet. Fifty and a half is a lot, uh, but the Broncos are down a ton of cornerbacks. The Raiders are winging the ball around. Wouldn't be surprised if this is a big Henry Ruggs game. Again, I think, you know. They want to get him involved. And I actually think this could be a big Jerry Judy game. He had 15 targets last week and that was after drops. Yeah, but they want to get, they want, they want to show like, Hey, look, Jerry Judy looks good. Don't worry about, you know, the fact that there were like four or five wide receivers who drafted after him who were much better. No big deal. Um, and same thing with rugs, rugs versus Judy up and down the field. I like the over, but I'm not going to make it the best bet. Uh, I am, however, going to say goodbye to Pete. You are. And we're going to take a break. And when we come back, world, what's that? Happy new year to the world. Oh yeah, well actually it is, it is, uh, New Year, Pete. And by the way, what's the end time that you can say that to somebody? Ooh, good question. A week. I'm, I'm a couple days, but we're in the same ballpark, RJ. If you saw somebody three and a half weeks later and they said happy new year to you, would you think it was a little odd? I would be uh, doing the math. I'm like, is it Chinese New Year? Is there other calendar they're talking about? Because it's been a Brinson's while. Brinson's the kind of guy that Brinson's the kind of guy that when you know, because he's like that guy at the bar. Hey, babe. Hey, hey. What's up, everybody? Hey, there's my buddy over there. So if you hadn't seen a guy in three and a half weeks, Brinson's gonna say Happy New Year to him. Uh, I would say like January fifteenth. If you you know, if it's a work situation, maybe no, January tenth. Any situation, life, period, work, anything. Hey, all right, Pete. I have two questions for you before we let you go. One. Uh, what is your New Year's resolution? And two, Blue's are Raiders. you excited that it's now that the year. calendar has turned to 2021, that all the world's problems are solved? Uh, A, to get my fat ass in shape. <laughs> B, yes, I'm glad it's 2021 because 2020 was awful. Uh, see, Brady and I were talking about it, and we're like, don't you think it's a little weird that everybody's like, oh, as soon as January 1st gets here, everything not, will be fine. Changing. Nothing's changing. It's all this, it's the same. It, it, life just runs every year into the next. But resolution, you know, when you can make a resolution here in this business on June, January 1st to lose weight because it's 
bat ball season's over almost, right? Uh, all right, let's take a break. When we I'm come back, I'm go find to eat right now. <laughs> <laughs> go get yourself a Snickers. Uh, all right, Pete, we will, uh, we'll see. Happy New Year. Same uh, to you. Make sure to watch Pete on CBS Sports HQ. We'll be right back after the break. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, we're back. Pete's gone. Man, get the get the ham hocks out of the way. You get to eat the, the rest of the meal on New Year's uh, New Year's Day. Do you guys do, you guys do the New Year's, traditional New Year's Day type of meal? New Year's Day, no. Oh, really? I do, uh, I do collards, black eyed peas, and, uh, and like some sort of pork product. Gotta have black eyed peas, pork and sauerkraut. Oh, there you go. That's pretty Who good. can get back into the mood of cooking a bunch after Christmas? I mean, Christmas is such an ordeal that, uh, you want to swing back around and do another one. Like, no, it's just another day. Uh, anyway, Cardinals at the Rams. Cardinals hope they'll be cooking against Los Angeles in this game because Kyler Murray is going to play. Jared Goff will not. John Walford in for him. Arizona minus two, Kenny, over under 41 in this spot. Yeah, I like the under. Uh, big game for both teams. It's a, it's a playoff game. Uh, no golf, obviously, in the lineup. Uh, we're going to have John Wolford at quarterback. Um, defensively, Rams number five, DVOA, uh, Arizona right now number 10, um, a defensively DVOA. Their, their offense number 20. Um, think this number is just a little bit too high. I think it's a, a really big game, as I said. So yeah, I'm, I'm under the 41. I want to say like two of the last three games for each of those teams, I think stayed in the thirties. So even at full strength, you know, those games weren't getting to 40. So that could be a solid play. I would lean that way. This is actually my first best bet of the podcast. Pete, it was funny. Pete talked about if I was leading, I wouldn't make any best bets so I could stay ahead and make you catch me. So when I didn't have any best bets during his games, I thought he was going to say something, but I just happened to, you know, not sync up with any of his games. So I like the Arizona here at minus two. Murray says he's playing. I believe him. Uh, I don't know that he's going to be fully healthy. Um, you know, but he wasn't hundred percent that first game in Arizona score 28. I think they'll be able to get to 20 here. And that Rams offense has not looked good since that Arizona game. Now they're playing an AAF quarterback in a much must win situation. I think Arizona's defense shows up, dictates what happens here. And Arizona wins pretty solidly, you know, by you know, touchdown at least. And, uh, it comes through for me. Uh, yeah. I, I mean, I was surprised this line is two. I, I thought it would be like six. What, what am I, what am I missing here? Is it a trap game where the Cardinals won't be able to produce? Is it going to shoot up now that Kyler, like once Kyler's officially in? I, I don't, I don't understand it. John Walford has never thrown an NFL pass and he's on short notice. They're not going to have Cooper Cup, who was put on the COVID list. They don't have Cam Akers. They don't have Daryl Henderson. So it's Malcolm Brown and John Walford against Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I get that Jalen Ramsey can lock down Hopkins to a degree, but they have other weapons and, Presumably Kyler will be able to run some. What, what, what am I, what am I missing here? It might get there. We, we just got the Kyler news. You know, we're recording, like I said earlier on Wednesday and we just got that Kyler news. It was hovering around pick them, maybe Rams minus one, um, thinking that Kyler could be out. But now that we know he's in, it's, it's up to minus two and it could keep moving. Once it gets over three, I don't love it as a best bet. Sure. Um, once you get, once you need to, you know, lay three and a half with the hook, but. If you can still get an under three when you're listening to this on Friday or Thursday, whenever you're listening, I would grab the Cardinals. 
Okay. I, and I, I think it'll go up. I made it four, but I really wasn't interested in laying points in this game with Arizona. Just the fact that I, I'm still not sold on Cliff Kingsbury. He couldn't win at Texas Tech and probably should have never had this job. They're, they're two and seven ATS down the stretch. Um, I know that, you know, Murray wasn't a hundred percent, but, um, I, I don't trust him. I, I, I think, uh, Sean McVay's a way better head coach and I think he'll figure something out to keep his team in the game. That's why I really like it under because I think it's going to be a tight. Um, you know, a punting battle. Yeah, I, I think the under is a good call too. And, and one more reason to get behind the under, if you like it, is that, so this game will be taking place at the same time as Chicago and Green Bay. If Green Bay has a double digit lead, there's a pretty good chance that Sean McVay, I mean, like Sean McVay, I don't know if he's going to have the scoreboard up in the game. Like some coaches do different stuff with that, but he's definitely going to check the score at halftime. And if the Rams and the Cardinals are keeping it close at halftime and and we have a situation where the, the Packers have a big lead on the Bears. Sean McVay is going to turtle up that offense and just pound the ball with Malcolm Brown over and over and over again and just punt away. Cause they, cause if the Bears lose, the Rams are in no matter what. So I mean, there's no, there's no motivation for Sean McVay. If, if the, if the Bears have a, if the Packers have a big lead to try and go crazy and win this game, that's another reason why I think you could back the Cardinals or even look, uh, check that Packers Bears score at halftime because Sean McVay is going to do it. And if you, and if, you know, if you bet the, bet the Cardinals at the second half if the Packers are blowing out the Bears. Just a thought. I, di- I disagree with that. Point. I mean, if you, whatever the score is in the first half, the other team can match it in the second half. You're, you're talking about halfway through the game. So sure, I don't sure. think you can just assume that you're good to go and, and check the boxes. What if the disaster happens and the Bears score four touchdowns in the second half and all of a sudden you, you know, you, you thought you were playing it safe and you're out of the playoffs. So okay. I don't know that he's going to change anything. Maybe, maybe he eyes it in the fourth quarter and assistant and tells him and, and you can think about it there, but, but I wouldn't put too much stock in what happens at halftime. I mean, if I were, if you were head coach, wouldn't you be at, like, would you be asking for updates on that game? I would. Uh, no, I'd be worried about my game. The I would game. be asking for give me an update every five minutes. It's game. hard enough to win one game in the NFL each week. You know, I'm not going to try to win two. I'm worried about somebody else. You're just checking the score. It's another factor that goes in. Be like, don't tell me the you handle the defense. Don't tell me about <laughs> defense. Tell me the score of the Bears game. I mean, I I like the Cardinals. I think the Cardinals and the under are fine. Uh, it's up to three at William Hill, by the way. Now, so you're fine with three. Anything more? You don't want it. Yeah, once it gets a three and a half, it's not a best bet anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's minus three, minus one and five. So in theory, if you were willing to pay juice, you could get it two, two and a half. Dolphins at the Bills. Bills minus two over under 44 and a half. We have seen Sean McDermott be rather coy about how he intends to handle his starters. Traditionally speaking, I feel like he rests guys and that's sort of the Andy Reid way. That's where he comes from. Replaced Jim Jackson there as defensive coordinator before joining up with Ron Rivera. So, uh, certainly that could lead you to think the Dolphins are a good bet here, Kenny. I, yeah, I, I like the Dolphins and under just, just for the fact I, he's, there's no way. I, how can you play anybody in this football game? You just can't do it. Uh, uh, they, they coming off a great game against New England. And, and even if they did, I think it's a letdown. They hammered the Patriots. Uh, they're the first team in 20 years to, to beat the Patriots in both games in the regular season, which was an amazing feat. So I, I, they're, they've been playing great, but how many weeks in a row can you play that great? I really, you know, they're playing their A game every week and they are getting better defensively, but. I have a feeling they're going to rest quite a few guys. Miami needs the game. Uh, their defense is good. Miami's defense is good to keep this game low scoring. I'm taking two at the team that needs to win the game, and I just don't think Allen plays. Yeah, the market doesn't expect 
Buffalo to, to go all out either. They expect they're going to rest their players. Otherwise, this line would be seven, you know, at least with how the Buffalo has been playing right now. Um, I can't see the Buffalo offense scoring a bunch with Barkley at quarterback against a pretty good defense, uh, but I think their defense will play well. It's played well in the second half. Miami's offense has been inconsistent. I think it's probably a good underplay. If you can get it around 40, we have a 44 and a half is what, what we see in the market right now, but I know it's not available everywhere. So if it gets to Friday and you guys are listening to this and it's down to 41, you know, jump off of that under, but I think 44 and a half, if you're getting around that number, it's a pretty decent underplay, but I'm going to stay away. Yeah. I, I don't mind the under in that spot either. And I, I would lean towards the dolphins, I think as well. The one thing I would be a little cautious of is that Buffalo, they've got an exception going where they're going to be allowed to have fans in their home playoff games. And that me and they're going to do, they're going to test them beforehand. There's going to be a limited number, but it's like through like government orders, they're going to give them that exception. And I think that might matter to the bills to have those two home playoff games, it, you know, you generate some more revenue too. not like football teams need it, but you know, you, you get those rowdy fans in there in Buffalo. I think, you know, for, for the team that won the AFC East for the first time in forever, I don't know. I think that kind of matters to him. So I could see a situation where Josh Allen plays a half, but one thing, you know, Stefan Diggs, who's nursing sort of a foot injury and has battled through it and played really well. They also think they want him to get the, they want him to be the league leader receiving yards, uh, this year after trading for him. But then also Cole Beasley got hurt in the fourth quarter of that Patriots game in a meaningless blowout. And so that may have Sean McDermott a little bit spooked about bringing guys back. So I, I think this is one that you almost have to watch the injury report for before you really get in on it. And it's, you know, if it moves three points, it's still, you know, we're talking about Dolphins minus one. I mean, you're, you're kind of expecting them to win, not to lose by one or two when you're taking them. So probably stay away from me, but I, I could see Dolphins at the under his bets. There. I just read it. And I, when you said that, I thought I, when I first read it, I thought it's, you know, it said the Bills are either number two or three seed. So I'm thinking they got a home game no matter what, but you're right. If they're the three seed, they play on the road the second week. Yep. Um, so yeah, they, they want, they want that two seed. Um, I, I think, you know, now it completely changes my thought process about the game. Maybe not the under, but I'm not as happy about the Dolphins in this situation. They've struggled, um, too much on offense oh, and 50% chance of snow up in, uh, up in Buffalo, which mm-hmm. I don't know if you know, it is not a typical forecast for Miami and they usually get wind. Yeah. No, you're right. You feel free to, you can take the Dolphins off if you want to, Kenny. Yeah, no, take the Dolphins off. I didn't think the Bills had anything to play for. I, I think Josh Allen could play in this game. If I'm the Bills, I want to win. I want to be the two seed. I want to play the, I want to play the seven seed and then I want to play at home the next week. Well, and let's not forget to RJ that if you're the two seed, do you know what that guarantees you? No Chiefs until the tight, until the AFC title game. That means you don't as, have as to well. go to the city in the divisional round. Well, a couple of things. If they're the three seed, they might get a home playoff game in the next in the the next round also because no, right. nobody nobody thinks guaranteed. that Pittsburgh is going to just roll over whoever they play. They were been MIA for four weeks until the second half of that last game. Um, so I don't know that Pittsburgh just going to come and blow out. These are all good wildcard teams too. There's no we can have an eleven and five team left out of the playoffs. So it's not like you're you're Pittsburgh just whoever's the two seed or three seed is going to just play you know play a pushover. So I think if Buffalo is the three seed, they still have a chance at that home game. And yeah, you don't want to be the four seed so you can avoid the Chiefs, but the Chiefs haven't looked that great either, and they're going to be off a two weeks rest. You don't know how rusty they're going to be. They've had to come back in several games. They're they're close in every game. They don't look like a juggernaut that's going to roll through the playoffs. Now they're still the number one team. I'm not going to sit here as a Bills fan and say we're definitely going to the Super Bowl because the Chiefs suck or anything. But uh, they look more vulnerable than they have in the first half or, or than they did last year. And remember last year in the playoffs they had to come back against a lot of teams. So if you have to play the Chiefs in the, the divisional round instead of the conference championship, you're going to have to play them one way or the other. You know, so I mean order it the way you want. You know your path 
path is going through the Chiefs at some point. Um, so if you have to do it in, in that, that vision around, fine, you know, but I think Buffalo, this team's just playing so well. Just focus on what you can control and, um, and get everybody rested. And, and I just think it's such a big benefit to have that rest going into the playoffs here. Yeah. I, I would, I would push back on that a little bit by just saying that if you, the longer you wait to play the Chiefs, the more, like, the better chance you don't have to play the Chiefs. You know, somebody else could up in the Chiefs and all of a sudden you host the, you host the AFC championship game. So I, I, I think, I, I agree with you. I think the rest is really important. I don't think that they'll press these guys too hard, but I, I think we could see Josh Allen and the starters, guys who are healthy play for the first half. It, I, probably not going to win the MVP or anything. You know, he's, I, I think it would take a monster effort to up in, and Aaron Rodgers falling apart, but I, I don't know. I think there's a little motivation there to get the two seed. Anyway. I mean, you obviously would love to be two instead of four. I'm just saying you weigh that against the benefit of having rest and making you, sure you, you can't, can't fall to four. They can only fall to three, right? Well, yeah. Now that they beat New England, maybe they can only fall to three. I, I was probably thinking. They can only, fall, yeah. They're either, that's why I, that's why I was off. Cause when I read they're either number two or three, they can't fall any further. I thought, well, they don't need this game, but they may need this game. Um, they really might. And it's a must win for Miami. So. A little bit of pressure I mean, with them. I mean, if you're, and le- you're right, Miami's, Miami usually goes to Buffalo early in the year. So they, you know, the NFL lets Miami avoid that snow usually. Yeah. So if, uh, yeah, if Miami wins and Pittsburgh beats the Browns, the Steelers would be the two seed and the Bills would be the three seed. But no matter what Houston, Tennessee does, they cannot, cause the best they can do is 11 and five. The worst Buffalo could be is 12 and four. Mm-hmm. And obviously the Bills have the tiebreaker over the Steelers. So if they both lose, they're in good shape. So there may be a little bit of scoreboard watching there too. If they decide to play Josh Allen, I don't think Josh Allen, Josh Allen's nuclear hot right now. What's, does, do you need to rest Josh Allen? You need to make sure he doesn't get hurt. Who's hurting that guy? <laughs> yeah. Anybody, anybody can get hurt at any time. Say yeah. that about Cam Newton and then how many years, you know, he missed a whole year and yeah. right no, no, I know, I know. I agree. It's, it's also one of those where if they decide to, if they decide to play Josh Allen and he gets hurt, it is going to be, there's going to be some uh, blowback to say the least from fans, the media, ownership, everybody. Mike, I should, I should have been celebrating that New England one when, when Bills are thrashing New England. This is a new dawn, a new day. This is everything I want to see. All I'm thinking is take these guys out of the game. Do not let anybody get hurt. That's all I care about is this January right now. Oh, Beasley's a big, that's an important, he's an important player. They let him get hurt. Vikings minus seven at the Lions over under 40, 54 and a half. Wish you were 44 and a half. Uh, Kenny, what do you think about this game between two NFC North also Rams? Well, I don't think Matthew Stafford plays obviously because of the, uh, the injuries and that he's gone through and he's banged up. Um, but Minnesota now completely out. Um, Dalvin Cook, you know, our condolences to the family losing his father unexpectedly. That's, is that, know, is that what it was? I didn't see that. Yeah, oh, man, yeah his father passed away unexpectedly, so it's kind of damaging news, and it's uh, you know so unexpected. I I just can't see Minnesota showing up in this game, even though it's a division game. The defense has been bad all year. They seem to continue to get worse each week, um, even with a backup quarterback, Chase Daniels. I think Daniels can can do something here. I know Detroit looked just so bad, but how can Minnesota be seven over anybody? I really don't think they can be seven over anybody right now. This is just a play that two division teams going to go head to head. And I think Detroit plays the game harder than Minnesota does this weekend. That's just my hunch on that. 
Minnesota's defense has been terrible overall, but they're solid versus the pass, especially in the second half. They, they really couldn't get the personnel that they wanted on the field for the first five or six weeks. And then, uh, and they suffered another injury. It just seems like everybody gets hurt, but they've had little stretches where they played pretty decently against the pass and Zimmer's gotten coached up. And if they're played decently here and Detroit isn't a good rush offense that I don't know that Detroit scores a ton of points with their backup quarterback, especially if Stafford could go out there and play, but he might not play the full 60 minutes. And if he doesn't play the full 60 minutes, I don't know how this game gets to 55. So my best bet's the under. 54 and a half. I think the Minnesota offense can score a bunch of points if it wants, but second half of a blowout, I mean, no, no motivation. I think that'll slow down the scoring. Could be a 34, 10 game, could be that, that type of thing. Um, and, uh, or it could be, you know, Lions competitive and it's a low scoring game. Either way, I think it's going under. Yeah. I would lean towards both of the sides you guys have. I don't have a best bet on this one. I don't think I don't want to mess with it. No Dalvin cook. That is awful news. I hadn't heard that until just now. Um, and, and, why would you put Matthew Stafford out there? I mean, there's a decent chance they're trading him this offseason or, you know, finding, finding him a new home one way or the other. You can't, don't put him out there, let him get hurt. He fails his physical and you can't, you know, you can't do that. So you roll out the backups. Kenny Galladay won't play again for the 10th straight week because he's ready to test free agency. There's, you know, this Lions team is playing hard for Daryl Bevel, but they're just overmatched. And we saw that against Tampa Bay. So I would be, I just, I, I don't love any, any side of this game whatsoever. Chargers. I didn't, I didn't check to see. Remember that Tampa Bay game? They had uh, four or five coaches that were out because of COVID. They were they were not at the stadium, and they were using a rookie offensive coordinator who'd never been a coordinator to call plays, and a rookie defensive coordinator who'd never called plays. So they were completely overmatched in in that one because of in, that fact. In hindsight, the Bucks were a really good bet. Yes, yeah. <laughs> like in hindsight, the Bucks were an absolute smash. Uh, Chargers at the Chiefs. Chargers minus three and a half over under 44. Kenny, uh, we will not have Andy Reid announce Patrick Mahomes in this game. He has announced that. He has said that no Patrick Mahomes in this game. Yeah. I, I, there's, I can, why would he play any stars? I, I went and took 15 points off their offense. Players who I thought would, would be out. Big, well, I got nine points for Mahomes. Um, I have a point and a half, a point for, uh, Tyree Kill. Um, Sammy Watno, Watkins, Fisher. I don't think, I, I just don't think they play any of their best players, even their offensive linemen. So, um, they could care less about this football game. What, what a big difference in the line. Do you ever think you would see, um, the, the Chiefs as an underdog in a situation like this? But I, I like it under because I don't think the Chiefs do a lot of scoring. Um, and I think their defense, um, if, if anything, the, the players on the defensive side, I don't see any big drop-offs. They don't have any star defensive players uh, that make a difference other than Chris Jones. So, and and uh, Tyron Matthew. That that's that's their two guys. Everybody else, I've got I've got decent backups at almost every position, but those two. So I think their second string defense is good enough to play with the Chargers. And that's the key. You can't bench everyone, just the, the makeup of, of NFL roster. You can bench your starting quarterback. Everyone else on the team is typically going in and out and playing some snaps. Um, you know, maybe not the offensive line, but you, you, people are going in and out here. So this line is obviously hugely adjusted. If Chiefs were playing all out in this game, they'd be double digit favorites. Everybody pretty much assumes. And I think it's just over adjusted. I don't see how you make Chargers three and a half at the Chiefs. I don't care who they're playing. I don't care if they're playing the, the Chiefs backups. The Chargers are not a good team. They, they, uh, they've won twice by more than three all year and you just can't assume they're going to go in and, you know, roll over the Chiefs. Um, so 
can't rest everyone. Like I said, Andy Reid will be still co- coaching to win the game. It's not like he's coaching to lose this game. You know, it's not doesn't doesn't make any difference to him. You know, whether he tries hard in this game or not. So he's going to try hard. And uh, Anthony Lynn on the other side, close game situations at the end. Got to love the Chiefs in that spot. Chad Henney is an experienced quarterback, and this is going to be the best offense he's played. And I know he's never been a good quarterback. You know, as far as what he's put on the field in Miami and Jacksonville, but playing with Andy Reid is something different. So I think the Chiefs can go out and win this game. I don't think they're necessarily going to be playing to lose, even if they're resting players and three and a half is just too many points. I love that getting that hook. So best bet for the Chiefs for me. Oh, wow. Best bet. You love to see it. Um, I don't, man, I hate, I mean, like week 17 is really fun to like think about and all the permutations, but betting week 17 is really hard. I mean, you are, you don't know how, how things are going to go. I do think one thing that's being undersold here and I would lean towards the Chiefs because I, you know, you're getting points with again, an Andy Reid coach team that will be looking to toot. Like you want to get some guys, some reps, you know, like a Byron Pringle or a Miko Hardman. I mean, those guys are talented NFL players who could contribute to most NFL teams. They're just buried on an insanely deep depth chart for the Kansas city chiefs. Like those guys could be out there catching a bunch of passes from Chad Henney and they could, Andy Reid's going to work out some things schematically that he wants to see these guys do. He's, you know, you want to get Miko Hardman, a guy like that comfortable and confident going into the playoffs. Um, so I, I, you know, maybe he wants to just put up a number for Travis Kelsey that breaks the record, uh, for, for catches and yardage by a tight end in, in NFL history. I mean, the, the Chargers are going to be missing potentially Keenan Allen. I think Austin Eckler might be a little banged up. Like why, why would the Chargers play anybody? You know, you got nothing to lose here. I mean, Anthony Lynn wants to pad his stats and, and help, you know, keep, keep his job. But if Keenan, Keenan Allen's hurt, you don't play him here and risk further injury. So I think that. It's probably one of those over, it's an over calculation based on Patrick Mahomes being pulled out of the game. Uh, I think under is a, is a probably a pretty good play too, because the Chargers love to screw things up in the red zone. Um, all right. We're going to take one more break. Say goodbye to Kenny. Kenny, happy new year. Uh, yes, happy new year guys. See ya. We'll be back after the break. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. All right, home stretch for the regular season. RJ White, the nuclear RJ White, hanging around till the till the end. I'm so hot they had to get away from me. They all everybody left. <laughs> I do like the idea that you walked Pete down. Um, how many? Let's see. So Pete, Pete's going to close with six best bets. You're going to. Oh, you each have six. Is there any overlap on those? No, I actually had none when, when we had him on. That's what I, I made a comment as we came back from break that uh, I thought he was going to say something. Cause every time I was like, I lean, I lean. I thought he was going to think that I just went zero and you have to come past me. But, uh, <laughs> it just happened to line up where I liked all the games that he didn't. Uh, interesting. Well, that's, I, I would rather ride you than, than, than Pete at this point. And I did like, I mean, you heard me when I was talking earlier. I, I was almost exclusively on the sides that he was on. I would have made a pick the way that he did. If I made it a best bet, I just had questions about motivation and other things that I stayed away from. Do you think there's a bigger edge in week 17 or is it tougher to handicap? 
it it can be tougher. I think it's harder for the books to make a line that they can be confident in. So sure. if you do have a good read, you can be good. Um, I always worry about that playing in the super contest. And if I'm in the in the mix for the money, sure. like how do how do you do that at the end of the year? But I happen to have some pretty good weeks. You know, I've gone four and one. I think the the couple of times that I was in the in the running for for money, so I was able to cash both those years. Um, and uh, and so yeah, you can do it, but I'm not confident that I can do that every single year. It's just it's it's a pretty pretty uh hit or miss situation here. Do you prefer to play with team? Do you prefer to make bets on teams that have something to play for, or have nothing to play for? It depends. We're going to talk about here in this set. There's a team that has nothing to play for, but I don't think motivation is is a, a detriment to them. I think they're going to show up and play really hard, um, just because the the this the Jaguars. <laughs> no, it's not the Jaguars. Okay. We'll get to it in a minute, though. All right, all right, all right. interesting. Um, oh, actually, never mind. I see who it is. Okay, so Cowboys at the Giants. Both of these teams do have something to play for. If uh, the winner of this game will get to watch. The Washington football team and Taylor Heineke with bated breath for three at three and a half hours on Sunday night. Because if Philadelphia is able to pull off the upset over Washington, the winner of Cowboys Giants would win the NFC East and would go to the playoffs. The Cowboys, I think it opens maybe a pick em or Cowboys minus one and it's moved all the way up to Cowboys minus three. Not exactly a robust total here at 44 and a half, but the Cowboys did get to avoid a dreaded, a terrifying primetime game. Uh, for Andy Dalton. Yeah, look at headline was Giants minus two and a half. So we've seen this huge swing because the Giants don't look good and the Cowboys coming off a game that looked awesome. But I think Dallas is overvalued after a few good showings on the scoreboard. That defense is still getting up a ton of yards. They've been helped a lot by turnovers, and the Giants have had an issue in the past with turnovers. Daniel Jones, everybody knows. You don't have to, to overstate that case. But they've actually protected the ball lately aside from uh, fumble fest against the, the Cardinals, where I think he fumb- they fumbled three times as a team. He might have fumbled twice and lost one, um, and that's why they lost that game. But defense is playing pretty solid. Um, Daniel Jones should be healthier in a second week back from injury. Um, and because we're getting great value on that look ahead and the stocks are so, you know, high and low um, separated in these two teams, I think there's good value on the Giants, especially if you're getting it at three. I think there's a good chance to push, if not get a Giants win here. So best bet for me is Giants plus three. Okay, I'm going to be against you here. I'm going to take the Cowboys minus three. I'm going to be the, the donkey that lays it with Andy Dalton. I just think the Cowboys offense is kind of kind of cooking right now, and I don't know that the – I mean, James Bradbury can – the thing about the Cowboys offense is they really do have three legitimate number one wide receivers. Maybe Michael Gallup's a 1B or even a 2A, whatever you want to call him. But CeeDee Lamb and, and – I mean, I think it's probably this time next year they won't have Amari Cooper because there's an out in his contract. Lamb is so good and, and Gallup continues to produce that they may decide to go in a different direction and save some salary cap space there. But for right now, they got him. Maybe Bradbury covers uh, Amari Cooper. That leaves Gallup and Andy Dalton have a fantastic rapport. They, they hooked up for a ton of passes last week. And the one thing that concerns me a little bit is that the Cowboys struggled when – uh, Fletcher Cox was in there, and once he left, the offense really opened up, and the Giants have similar interior pass rushers there. So if Dallas cannot protect on the interior against Dexter Lawrence, um, Leonard Williams, you know that could be problematic because those guys could really create issues for Andy Dalton. So I, I'm a little worried about that, but I'll – I'll, I'll lay the I'll lay the lumber with the Cowboys. Makes me feel even better about my pick. Fade, sure. Hashtag fade Brinson season. It really is. I maybe maybe I hate that pick. I don't know. I just added it to the last <laughs> second. Saints at the Panthers. Saints minus six and a half. Oh boy, is this stinky? Uh, Panthers uh, at home, obviously over under forty seven and a half. Given that it is currently cold as hail here in uh, North Carolina, I'm curious to see what the weather portends for Sunday. Ugh, uh, it's high as sixty six. 
still not exactly warm and, and looks like it's going to rain all weekend. So this should be a sloppy, nasty game for the Saints and the Panthers. I have a best bet on the Panthers. New Orleans had their fun against an awful Minnesota rush defense. The Carolina defense has been much better in the second half of the season. They're not great. They're still young, but they're getting better. We knew it would take time. And that New Orleans offense, obviously missing Michael Thomas, and that ridiculous rush total isn't repeatable. You're not going to have another game like that here. And Matt Rule is the motivation game I'm talking about. He has Carolina playing well overall. They're motivated. They came out playing to win last week. They've had nothing to play for for weeks. Um, they gave Green Bay trouble, and, and, and they had two other close losses, and then they got that win last week. So I'm not worried on, on the Carolina motivation, and um, they know Rule's going to be there. They know they're building something. You want to prove that you you can be around you know, next year to be part of the solution You know, after they've had so many problems. Um, so I think they're building a winner. I love Panthers to come out and keep it close against the Saints. This would be a signature win for them if they can go out on top here. So I think you're going to get the Panthers best here. And uh, um, too many points for the Saints on the road. Love Panthers plus six and a half. I've been to these game, these late season games in Charlotte with nothing to play for in an empty stadium. Um, it's, it is, it is cold and miserable in there. And it's uh, not like it's, you know, Buffalo cold or anything like that. But when the, when the cold rain starts coming in North Carolina here, I mean, it's just, it's, it's, it's the polar opposite of being in the Superdome and being nice and cozy and having a track to run on. I, I, I agree with you that the defense is playing a lot better. You know, Jeremy Chin, Derek Brown, Yedder Gross Matos. I mean, these guys are, are making their stamp as legitimate, like blue chip stars for a future defense that we think could be pretty good under Phil Snow. And Carolina's played hard. I don't think they'll, they'll give up here. I wouldn't be surprised either if Sean Payton does some scoreboard watching and I mean, Drew Brees has some busted up ribs. Alvin Kamara, you know, you need him to be healthy. So if you get any kind of a lead or, you know, Carolina is, I don't know if you're checking the score at halftime again and you know, you're locked into one of the top couple of seeds. If for some reason the, the Packers were just bludgeoning the Bears, I think you could see Sean Payton wave the white flag and just get out of Dodge with minimal injuries. So that would be another reason to take the Panthers. Um, I, I'm trying to think, can the, oh, let me do the math real quick. So let's say the Packers win, the Panthers win, and the Seahawks win. Yep. That means, do, do you think the Saints are concerned about falling to the three seed at all? Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't think you can kind of game out who you're going to play aside from, you know, even, even now, six, seven, eight, you know, I guess, uh, cause the team is going to get eliminated. We don't know who it's going to be. So right. you try to like, you know, massage your way into playing the Rams cause they have John Walford. Well, the Rams could be out of the playoffs. Do you try to avoid Mitchell Trubisky? Well, I don't know that, that he should be that worried about the Bears offense, even though they played well, they played a lot of bad defenses. If you're worried about avoiding Mitchell Trubisky, maybe you're not the Super Bowl team you hope you are. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I, I don't think you, you try to game it out too much and try to wiggle your way into one specific scenario. I guess I'm just wondering if the Saints are, if you're the Saints, do you feel like you need to, because I mean, in all likelihood, let's say the, let's say the C, let's say you get the two seed, you know, it's, it's basically going to be the difference between going to Seattle or Seattle coming to you if the seeds hold. I mean, that's a pretty big difference. You always love to play at home if you can, if you had, if, if you can just mark your choice down and say, this is what I, I want. <laughs> take the higher seed, but it's all a trade-off. You know, do you risk guys getting hurt? Do you risk, you know, do you take extra rest because you don't want to get a buy now if you're the two seed? So you take your rest this week. It just, you have to balance all these things and figure out what's best for your team moving forward. Okay. Um, the Bills and the Saints are really interesting to watch. If they come out and try and play full force and still struggle, because I think the Panthers and the, the, um, 
the Dolphins are, are difficult matchups for them. I'm, I'm curious to see how those teams in the two and three spots play it. I think Seattle will – well, no, the Saints could still get the one seed, though. Yeah, they could um, if everything breaks right. But it's a little bit different situation because Pittsburgh's already said they're resting people. So if you're Buffalo, that's the team you're competing with. You can feel fine resting people, you know, knowing – Or you play a half and just see if whatever. you can... Yeah. If yeah. you're on the other side in the NFC, everybody's playing all out. So you kind of might feel you have to do it too. Yeah. So if Seattle – if Chicago, Chicago has to beat Green Bay – if Chicago beats Green Bay and Seattle and New Orleans both win, then the Saints get the one seed, the Seahawks get the two seed, and Green Bay falls all the way down to the three seed. If, and this is where it's funky, if, if the Bears win and the Saints win, but the 49ers upset the Seahawks, the Packers stay as the one seed, the Saints are the two seed, and the Seahawks are the three seed. And if the Panthers beat the Saints, the Seahawks beat the 49ers and the Bears beat the Packers. Saints are three, Packers two, Seahawks one. I've got something since we're about to move on to this game. I've got something for narrative Bill Brinson that I'm sure he's going to want to, to talk about through the rest of the week. So you just mentioned Packers could fall all the way down to the three seed. Could the Bears get to the six seed with a win? Like if, could you possibly have a Packers Bears rematch in a week in the playoffs? Um, I don't know if the Bears can get that high. The answer to that is wait, could the, Yes, yes. In fact, if the Rams win, the Bears win, the Panthers win, and the Seahawks win. So that's a situation where Seattle gets one, Green Bay goes two, they would play the Bears as the seventh seed. So how crazy would you go from Packers thinking you're going to get the bye? You know, you only need just one of a few things to happen. Instead of getting the bye, now you're rematching the Bears who just beat you in their home, you know, a week ago. That, that would be pretty, pretty awesome game to, to see that game. It would be. I love, I, I always think back and I mentioned this on the podcast a few times, but like when Marvin Lewis sat all of his guys against Rex Ryan and the Jets and they lost 37 to nothing in week 17 and then they played the Jets again in the wild card and lost. And mm-hmm. it just feels like that's a, it's a bad idea to let somebody else in the playoffs and then have to play them. And I'm not saying the Packers would do that. Uh, so the Packers are minus five and a half, five and a half at Chicago. If Chicago won and they ended up playing each other in the wild card, what would the line be? Do you think? In Green Bay, I think you'd make it probably at least, even knowing that they're coming off the loss here, I think you got to make it at least six. Um, okay. Speaking of the Packers and the Bears, Packers minus five and a half at the Bears, the over under 51 and a half. I got to tell you, I think I'm going to make the Packers a best bet. I think they are rolling right now. I think Mitchell Trubisky understands how important this game is and kind of poops his pants. And it's not really a great matchup for the Bears because Jair Alexander is playing fantastic football and he'll, he'll, I guess they can move Allen Robinson around, but you think he'll see plenty of Alexander. And I think the Packers get the pass rush on Chicago and Aaron Rodgers locks down MVP and blows out the Bears in this spot. I would lean to the Packers. Uh, Chicago's offense has been on fire, but they play a bunch of awful defenses the last four weeks. And uh, the game before that was the Packers game, and they had no problem carving up the Chicago defense. The Packers did. It was 41 to 10 hitting into the fourth quarter. Then Chicago packed on a couple meaningless touchdowns. This total predicts it's going to be a, you know, the expected total here is a 28 23 based on the over under and the line. I think Green Bay gets over 30 for the sixth time in seventh week. So that's another reason why I like the Packers. I don't think Chicago's an awful team. I'm not going to say Packers are going to blow them out. I just think Green Bay is too good right now to be stopped. So this line seems fair. I would still lean to the Packers though. Okay. Yeah, Packers are a best bet for me. Two more games left. Three more games. Three more games left. Ravens at the Bengals. Ravens minus 13 over under 44 and a half. The Ravens need to win this game to get in the playoffs. And uh, I have an inkling they might do that. 
Yeah, since he's been feisty to close out the season, two straight wins, but Baltimore's D is a step up from whatever Houston did last week. I don't even know if you can call that a defense. That Baltimore run offense has looked unstoppable lately. It could be another 27 to three type of game. This is what the final was earlier in the year. Um, but with Brandon Allen playing well last week, I think this game can get to the over. I would lean to the over. If, if one side of your ball is going to pack it in and, and it's going to affect the score, I think it's more likely to be the defense as far as motivation goes. So I think Baltimore could get to 40 in this game if they need to. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I would lean to the over, but I don't love it. Just hard to know what to expect from Cincy in this game. Okay. I would lean towards Baltimore. It's a lot of points, but the, the Bengals are terrible at stopping the run. We saw David Johnson go nuts on him last week and their defense isn't good. They scored a bunch of points, but that's because the Texans defense isn't good. The Ravens are stomping out bad football teams. And this is sort of a spot where, you know, if you're Lamar Jackson and the Ravens, I understand the Bengals have played spoiler in the past, but they have to win to get in the playoffs. And this is a perfect matchup for you. You can run the ball down their throats. I think Gus Edwards, J.K. Dobbins, and Lamar Jackson all hit their over on their rush totals. It doesn't matter what the weather is. You don't have to pass the ball. Just go out there, run the 2019 Ravens offense, crush this Bengals team, and get into the playoffs. I think they win by two, three scores easily. So I'll take anything uh, under 14, uh, certainly, as a best bet for me on the Ravens. Jaguars at the Colts. Colts minus 14 over under 50. Yeah, can't leave the points with the Colts coming off that collapse versus Pittsburgh. Um, can they shake that off? I mean, this is the right team to do it against. Jacksonville's lost three straight by at least 21 points. Can't see the defense showing up here for Jacksonville, but that indie defense has given up its fair share of points too. Uh, giving up 20 plus in three, in six straight. So I think the Jacksonville offense, if it can get to 20, this game is going over. I would lean to the over. Uh, and they might only need to get like 13 or 16 and it goes over because Indy could also, you know, roll over this, this Jacksonville defense. So my lean would be to the over, but I just can't, I'm not comfortable laying 14 with Indy the way they've been playing. So I'm going to stay away from the side. Yeah. I'm, uh, my buddy Garrett and I have a bet on the Colts to make the playoffs. <laughs> Looks pretty good <laughs> Sunday around halftime. And now all of a sudden it is on life support and we need Philip River, Philip Rivers and Mike Glennon, by the way, two NC state quarterbacks, Jacoby Brissett. I mean, this is my favorite game of the week. I'm principle. The principal, that's right. Um, I can, I can just see Mike Glennon hitting a rainbow bomb to, to beat the Colts and, and then Philip Rivers throws a pick and all of a sudden my world's upside down. I, I just, I don't think you can trust the Colts to just blow this team out, but I do love the over on Jonathan Taylor rush yards in this spot. I think he'll go nuts against the, the Jaguars. I do think Indy will take care of business, but they're the sort of team where they feel comfortable. They shouldn't after last week against the Steelers, but they feel comfortable squatting on a 17-point lead and letting their defense do work and then just running the football. And that should be concerning because then the Jaguars just come through and, and hit a late touchdown and they, you know, they, they win by 10. Also, this team beat the Jag, beat the Colts in week one. So, uh, and put them in this position in the first place. So that is a tad, uh, concerning. You get swept by the Jaguars. You don't need to be in the playoffs. I don't care what your record is. You'll be 14 and two if those two losses are the Jaguars. If the Jaguars only two wins of the season are against you, you shouldn't be in the playoffs. That's, exactly. that seems, that seems like a fair bet. I, I don't even like the idea of really teasing, like, because there's some teams out there you could do a 10 point teaser with, but the, the Colts, I you just feel like they could beat the Jaguars by a field goal and then you're just not feeling great about Indianapolis in the playoffs. So I don't know. This is, it's, it's a stinky game. I agree with you. The over is a possibility here. The Colts could score a defensive touchdown and the Jaguars could get, I, I don't know. Let's just stay away from this game. I'm just going to hope the Colts win and, and so one of these other teams loses. So, you know, Indy can get into the playoffs. Finally, Falcons at the Bucks, Bucks minus six and a half over under 50 and a half. 
I got a best bet on the Bucks. Arian sounds like he's playing his starters. Should have success against a subpar Atlanta defense. Tampa Bay's offense is sixth in red zone success rate. Atlanta's defense is 28th. So expect touchdowns in this game from the Bucks when they get to the field into a, you know, red zone range. Atlanta had Kansas City on the ropes last week, but blew the game. Will they show up here? It's hard to rally back from that. I, I don't think Raheem Morris thinks he's getting the, the job now with how this team is closed out the the year but they are the last place team in the nfc 16th ranked in terms of record but their point differential is minus one so they've actually played closer to an eight and eight <laughs> team than a four and 12 team so not really that fair if you look at it through that lens maybe they're good enough to hang with the bucks i just don't know that the motivation factor is going to be there and this is a better spot for tampa with them playing their guys so best bet if you can get it under seven love the bucks uh, we get it at six and a half here so I'm, I'm taking a best bet bucks yeah i think the bucks are a really good spot here they they're they want to run up the score on some teams I think, I think they, I think they want to get hot going to the playoffs. And I don't think Bruce Arians, they played so well against the Lions. And I realized the Lions were short, as Kenny pointed out, five or six coaches and they're terrible on defense. Well, Falcons aren't that good either. I mean, I'm sorry. They, they, they try hard for Raheem Morris. They're not that great. And I do think that Tampa Bay wants to be hitting its stride going into the playoffs. You know, you got to, you're still working on the rapport with. Tom Brady, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they're getting there, but the, you get these reps, these extra reps at the end of the season, you lob up a blowout in Atlanta, and all of a sudden you go into the playoffs with two big wins, and you feel like you can really make some noise. So, uh, I'll take the, I'll take the, uh, the Bucks as a best bet as well. And I'm going to add that into the sheet. And now it's time to point out that our, oh, we're short one game on the podcast parlay. We have the Steelers, the Titans, Texans over. We need one more game. Yeah, I think we we all kind of were in favor of the Seahawks 49ers under, and I think we were all kind of leaning toward the Jets. So if you want to take one of those two and throw it in, I think that could be our third third leg. Jets are disgusting. But <laughs> sure, I mean, God, the Patriots suck. They're bad. You I mean, they, Prisco and Kenny both had Jets as the best bet. I lean to the Jets. So if you were comfortable. Ebo says go Jets. Jets, 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 fine. The Patriots <laughs> look so obvious, but they're – you're right. Why? Kenny's got. I thought Kenny's point was great. Like playing for Bill Belichick is probably awesome when you're winning 12 games and Super Bowls at your site every year. Playing for Bill Belichick when you're seven and nine or six and eight or whatever they are, and and you're trying to just get the season over with, and there's a pandemic going on, sounds pretty terrible. And people are talking about how bad you are. Oh, sounds awful. So we we'll go Steelers plus ten, Titans Texans over fifty six and a half, and the New York Jets plus. Three. Is that right? 56 and a half to? Yeah, I got that right. Yes. All right. That's the pick six podcast parlay. Speaking of parlays, we hit so many of them early in the season. Haven't, haven't since they created the pick six podcast parlay pick them contest open from Tuesday through Sunday. You pick five teams against the spread. We give you a thousand dollars. That's our give guaranteed giveaway every week. Odds provided, of course, by the William Hill Sportsbook. Go to cbssports.com slash parlay. And as we do every week, I will pick six teams. RJ will wipe one off the board, and you can use my parlay or come up with your own. Either one is perfectly fine. Here are my teams. RJ, you ready? Go for it. Packers minus five and a half. Buccaneers minus six and a half. Ravens minus 13. Washington minus one and a half. Pittsburgh plus 10. And the Cardinals minus two. Okay, so I'm a little, I like the Packers. Um, I was a little shaky on the Ravens with all those points, a little shaky on Washington. Um, and I think there was a, what, what was the one you said right before that? You have Packers, Ravens, Packers, Buccaneers, and Steelers, I think are all you like. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it you're basically yeah. to pick one of Ravens, Washington, or Arizona. Or your Cardinals are one of your best bets. Yeah, I like Cardinals. So it's either Ravens or Washington. 
we're looking at Ravens or Washington. I'm going to say um, there's the odds are too great that Taylor Henneke is playing in that game, so I'm going to take Washington out. All right. Oh, Baltimore. I mean, Baltimore can curb stomp the Bengals easily. Yeah. Yeah. I'm they were, about they were the, one of my best bets last week at minus 11, and it, was, it wasn't remotely close. Against right. Them. I'll take them out, and it'll be 17 to 3, you know, two minutes into the second quarter, and I'll be like, yeah, that, that's a winner. Yeah, exactly. That's right. Um, all right. That's the pod. That's the pick six podcast. That is the parlay pick them. William Hill odds. You can go to cbssports.com slash parlay and put your own in. Try to win the thousand bucks. I get Packers, Buccaneers, Steelers, Cardinals, and Ravens. Here are the best bets for week 17. Pete has the Texans, Eagles, Steelers, Jets, 49ers, and the Raiders Broncos over as he tries to catch RJ, who has the Giants, the Buccaneers, the Panthers, the Chiefs, the Cardinals and the Minnesota Detroit under Kenny White sitting on a big old pile of picks as he, he makes a run too. Dolphins, Bills under Steelers, Jets, Jets, Patriots under Lions, Texans, Titans over Cardinals, Rams under Chargers, Chiefs under Washington Eagles under. That's a lot of unders for Kenny. We think, I think it could be an under week. Yeah, you like to go unders in the d- divisional rematch games. Uh, it's harder to to, to uh, gauge that with the motivation here. So um, I did like a few overs because I think some defenses might give up in some of these games. And, uh, you know, so, some offensive guys want to put some numbers on the board heading into the offseason. Um, so I was a little more leaning to the overs, even knowing that divisional mat- rematches, you kind of want to go unders. But Kenny's, Kenny's right in that trend. Okay. Uh, I've got the Buccaneers, the Ravens, the Packers. The Cowboys, what could be wrong with that? The Washington football team. And was that it? I it. Sorry, I'm double-checking to make sure I didn't miss one. Oh, the under in Seahawks 49ers and the over in uh, Titans-Texans. All right, I kind of like this. Under Seahawks 49ers, over Titans-Texans. I like both of those. All right, that's it. That's the show. First show of 2021. How does 2021 feel to you, RJ? Different than normal? Yeah, it's it feels very different, which I can gauge now because this is Wednesday when we're recording this, and it doesn't start for another two days. So I can definitely tell you from firsthand experience, 2021 is way different so far. You know, some podcast hosts are good at organizing and, um, you know, talking and being coherent and not going on tangents, and others can go to the future. So you tell me, what do you want? <laughs> somebody who can time travel or somebody who's good at their job? I don't know, RJ. You tell me. Uh, just kidding. Thanks as always for doing this, buddy. Really appreciate you. Happy holidays. And, uh, let's close out the week. I hope you beat Pete. I hope Pete loses to you. We play off time next week, buddy. See ya. Okay. Picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. 
Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.